Hey there, and welcome to another episode of The Walk. I'm Father Roderick. Long time since we last spoke, and I'm glad to record this uh, short episode for you to bring you up to speed. I'm, I'm not outside right now, standing in the sunroom. Fortunately, there is a little bit of sun after a lot of rain earlier today, and the sunroom is mostly filled with IKEA boxes. This is all, you know, piles and piles of stuff that maybe one day will be my new kitchen. This is all the material that we ordered uh, a couple of weeks ago that they brought last week that uh, <clears throat> once I get better, we'll be able to mount upstairs and then that will hopefully give me a new kitchen to work in. Here on the table, I've got uh, two fruit baskets filled with oranges, uh, some nuts, grapes, bananas, apples, and some flowers here from my bishop and from his staff, and some cards wishing me uh, a quick recovery. And in case, I'm, I'm going to walk outside, but don't worry. I'm not going to leave the premises. I'm just going to walk in the backyard because I uh, may still be contagious. Actually, it's, it's quite likely that I'm still contagious with COVID-19 because most of you will know that I've been sick with COVID-19 for two weeks now. But it's always possible that you missed my social media updates. And this is the first first time you hear about this. I think in my last episode uh, of The Walk, I uh, mentioned that I had symptoms and that I was going to be tested, or maybe I had just been tested, but I'm pretty sure I didn't have the results yet. And uh, about, <clears throat> what is it, a, a week and a half ago, I got the, the test result that I indeed tested positive for COVID-19, which uh, at that time uh, caused a number of symptoms. The most prominent one was a headache and a little bit of fever, even though it was definitely nothing too serious. At one point, I even wondered if my... uh, thermometer was still working because it felt as if I had uh, a fever. I was shivering, um, sweating. Let me open this this gate here so I can walk around a little bit. I'm not sure why they close that because nobody ever walks here. Um... But uh, I only had a little bit of a, not even a fever, just a little bit higher temperature than normal. But the shivers were, uh, were very strange. And then uh, I also coughed quite a bit. Um, and the, the symptoms felt to me as a, as a bronchitis. And in the past I've had these you know, uh, mild bronchitis problems 
especially around this time when the weather is changing. I mean, uh, it's autumn. Temperatures are changing. Uh, plus, I had been very busy uh, over the... Well, at least for a week, I'd been filming a couple of episodes of my TV show. And as you know, I do everything myself, filming, uh, but also presenting and interviewing, editing. So I knew that I had uh, spent quite a bit of time outside. So I wasn't surprised that I had this cough. But once I knew that it was COVID, of course, you start to interpret everything differently. And the moment I knew that it was COVID, of course, I had to inform everyone. And then you go through this contact tracing process where they try to determine uh, where the source is, which is very difficult right now because in the Netherlands there is a huge spike in infections. We are currently with France and Spain, uh, the country with the most infections. Uh, so that is uh, very worrying, and I wouldn't be surprised if our government decides to put the country partially in lockdown. I'd have to do something, because it's, uh, from the looks of it, it's worse than in March. But we'll have to wait and see. Um, so I went in uh, in isolation. We, I tried to give them, it from day to day... My whereabouts, so they, they went back to about two weeks before I got the first symptoms, which is just around the time that I was filming uh, outside. So uh, they, they had a little bit of trouble determining whether I had fallen ill um, the days after I was in the south of the country, because I remember that one Monday I did have some coughing and some uh, symptoms that felt like a cold. And so I cancelled a meeting that I had that evening just out of, out of uh, security, uh, out of precaution. Um, that's what they always tell us to do. If you have cold symptoms, then uh, you got to stay at home. So that's what I did. And so... Uh, but then the, these symptoms started to disappear almost completely in the days after. And it's only the Sunday, the, the following Sunday in the evening, right, right around the time that I was uh, celebrating Mass for Geeks online, that I felt that things were going downhill very quickly. And I started to worry uh, that that... Sunday night was terrible. I hardly got any sleep. Uh, I had a fever. I had a headache. And uh, this is something that... Uh, wow, look at these mushrooms here. At the bottom of this tree. Now, they told me that this tree was dying. Probably these mushrooms are an indication that... Well, it's not going to be here for a long time. This, this is probably a hundred-year-old tree it's massive but well even trees don't have eternal life um so uh, from that moment on i've only had broken nights 
and this is still the case though the last two nights have been a little bit better I've had a bit more continuous sleep but it's usually during the night that I get these fever attacks and um, always extremely warm and wake up uh, covered in sweat I have to change pajamas sometimes twice a night Um, so it was clear to me that I had to stay at home isolate myself and the only the only day that I went out was on that Thursday when I went to uh, another city to get tested and I felt uh, actually quite uh, quite calm back then I I kind of knew that I had COVID it was so clear plus I wasn't the only one there were two other friends of mine with whom I'd been in close contact that also uh, well one person had already been diagnosed and the other one had the same symptoms as I had so uh, but even though I, I knew that was probably COVID I wasn't too worried yet because, well, I knew that for the majority of the cases, there were only some mild symptoms. I also knew that I was very healthy and very fit. Just recently, I almost ran a full marathon just on a, on a Saturday. And so I, I knew that I, you know, I had a very good starting position, so I wasn't worried too much. But that changed when, after about a week, the situation wasn't improving. On the contrary, uh, it was getting worse. Fever was going up, um, and so for about another week, I had a fever every single day. Also, throughout the night, didn't really take my temperature all the time, but when I did, it was always hovering around 38, 38 and a half, sometimes almost reaching 39. And uh, even when I took uh, um, paracetamol, not sure what the equivalent is in, in, uh, in English, it, it, did, it did only reduce the fever just a tiny little bit. Oops, I think it's going to start to rain here. I'm glad I'm under the trees here. I'm just going to wait here for a second. <laughs> These uh, scattered rain showers are going uh, over the country right now. But uh, the, uh, the fever would only go down a little bit. And I, since I was already in second week, I was starting to pay the price for the exhaustion of not having normal sleep and also having this constant fever and constant headache. Uh, you know, when you have a, a regular flu, it's already exhausting, right? After a couple of uh, after a couple of days, you really would like to go back. Find some more, uh, find some new energy. <clears throat> wow, it's raining uh, quite a bit now. <laughs> so imagine then 
uh, a pretty severe flu uh, for two weeks. And just gradually, I felt that my, my energy was uh, disappearing. And always, I also was worrying that if I would come to the, uh, what is it, 10-day point, there could be this uh, the, the, a worsening of the situation. This is what I read in a lot of reports from people that had struggled with COVID-19. Either after about eight days, your body starts to win the battle. Your immune system gradually starts to uh, take the upper hand. And you get into the clear. Or the virus may have uh, multiplied and may start a full-out attack, not only on your lungs, because initially this, this always is a respiratory disease, But we also know that COVID-19 can then start to attack other organs, like your kidneys. Uh, Your heart tissue can cause um, remaining heart uh, problems. You hear about people getting strokes. Uh, It can also attack the intestines, even though that, that is a little bit less frequent. Um, and it can cause brain damage. It can cause uh, people to uh, to have memory problems, and also can sometimes completely deregulate the um, immune system response of the brain. Well, this tree is not giving me much cover. <laughs> Am I going to look for another tree here? Because it's definitely not. Diminishing. I'm going to go back to that tree where I was. That was a little bit <clears throat> better. Is it here? Oh, yeah. Let's see, this pine tree. Oh, yeah, this is definitely better. This pine tree is a bit more dense. <laughs> okay. I hope this is going to stop. Um, and another, so I, I wasn't really sure what was going to happen. Am I going to get to this next phase starting to recover or is it going to go haywire all of a sudden? Um, some people uh, gave me advice. Uh, like, like my, oh, This is when I, when I called my um, physician... Uh, especially because of the coughing. And uh, one morning I, I was coughing off blood. Um, this is something that had never occurred in my life before. So immediately I thought of uh, the worst. Like, oh, my lungs are disintegrating. COVID has reached the point where it is uh, pushing the red button and it will now start to break down my body. <laughs> organ after organ. I'll be dead in five days. You know, you know the kind of stuff that you... <laughs> you think when you're not actually thinking straight and I was thinking of the stories that I read about St. Therese of Lisieux when she got ill and she was coughing up blood and (laughs) I was like but I'm not a saint yet I need more time (laughs) I'm not ready for this (laughs) so I was was pretty scared at that time 
because uh, I called my doctor and uh, a- another doctor called me back the next day uh, and so they had had a meeting and said so, th- so they said the blood is probably just your it's coming from your throat because you're coughing so much so it got damaged probably but we still want to rule out um, a bacterial infection because that is possible that when COVID is attacking your body uh, you also become more vulnerable to uh, you know other ailments and so maybe this was pneumonia or a bronchitis or something you know separate from COVID-19 so they prescribed me uh, uh, antibiotics I'm a little bit slow <laughs> but of course I couldn't uh, pick it up so Inge uh, went to uh, to get the antibiotics uh, the next day and I started the the cure the what is it the uh, um, I think it's like a 10 or 12 day uh, regiment that I have to follow so that uh, if there is a bacteri- bacterial infection we can uh, we can eradicate it as soon as possible as to uh, so as to leave my body uh, free to to combat the COVID-19. Initially that didn't really change that much, didn't didn't, didn't, uh, improve my situation. Uh, But on the other hand I knew that you know it couldn't hurt either. Um, So I've had a couple more tough days. Uh, So a lot of the days I, I just I, I woke up usually at around four o'clock in the morning, and then I I can't sleep anymore. So I take some uh, medication in order to lower the fever, go back to bed. Um, but the headache and the fever just prevent me from sleeping, and so ultimately I wake, I kind of, kind of get out of bed at seven o'clock, eat something, take some more medication, and. Uh, and then usually I have about about an hour that I feel reasonably okay, no fever. So that's when I usually go through my email and read a little bit on the web. Um, I grab a bite. The only the only thing that hasn't really deteriorated is my appetite. Uh, so that's one of the things the doctor asked me. Uh, you know, are you still eating? Like, yeah, <laughs> no problem there. I've had a bit of a, an issue with losing my um, <clears throat> my taste, and well, actually, you don't really lose your taste; you lose your smell. But smell is so important, so uh, defining when it comes to tasting. That if you uh, wow, this rain is not stopping. That if, uh, if if you don't smell anything, you don't taste anything anymore. So uh, 
when that happened, I also knew that 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 was even before I got tested. I knew that it was probably COVID because it's just one of these things that never happens to me. Not even when I get a cold or when I have a regular fever or flu. Uh, but it's the weirdest thing. You know, I couldn't smell the garlic in my kitchen cabinet anymore. And I remember just standing there with my nose on top of a bunch of cloves of garlic and just smelling zero, nada, nothing. It was so weird. And then when you eat something, like Inga made some cupcakes. And uh, this was, I think, before the diagnosis. But I took a bite of the cupcake, and it, it just felt like I was eating some nondescript sponge with zero taste. And I knew from the looks of it that it had chocolate, and it should taste sweet. And th- it was, you know, could have could have been cardboard. And that's so so weird, so strange, as if as if you are. Um, uh, on, on some phones, you can turn off the colors, right? I think on the iPhone, it's one of the uh, options that you can you can set it to black and white. That's kind of how that's the experience that I had. So it's like like turning on your iPad, and then you see what you normally see, but there are no colors there, and you're like, "What? This is so weird. This is not." Sp-. And it's all of a sudden without colors. It's not very attractive to to use your your mobile device. <clears throat> Colors are just like smell. You don't realize how important it is unless it's taken away all of a sudden. And then you're like, wow, this looks so bland and boring. Well, without smell, that's what it does to food. It becomes all completely gray and <laughs> tasteless. But fortunately, after a couple of days, that slowly... I did, I did the garlic test every morning. So I would, every morning I would just go to the kitchen cabinet, take the cloves of, cloves of garlic, smell, take a deep breath. And then uh, I think about three or four days later, I was like, oh, I smell a little bit of garlic, just a tiny little bit. And then the next day, oh, I smell a little bit more. And then the third day when I opened the cabinet, it's like, wow, where's all this garlic coming from? <laughs> so that was comforting. That That's, that's you know... When you're uh, affected by COVID and you're so sick, you have so little energy, you kind of take everything that changes for the better as a, as a huge win. So I, I really celebrated having my, my taste back. Um, also, of course, people are very well-intentioned. They, they smother you in, in well wishes and... <laughs> in advice and if I had to drink all the different types of tea and chicken soup and whatnot I I'd still be uh following up on all those <coughs> recipes for uh, for about a year but also people send you information about you know other covid cases oh my goodness this rain is not going to stop it's going to start walking again maybe i'll just go back inside because the water is sipping into seeping into the microphone but 
oh, this this gate is also... What is it? Why are they closing all these gates? Goodness gracious. There are only trees here. There's not a herd of rare cows or whatever. Oh, man. I'm getting wet. Uh, ew. Now, where's the other opening here? Oh, man. Fortunately, I left the sunroom open. I'm just going to run for it. Oh, boy. Okay. Definitely not a walk I should have undertaken without an umbrella. Okay, I'm back inside. Oh. Hey, I did a small run. I wouldn't have been able to do this a couple of days ago. So, I am improving a little bit. But you take every improvement for what it is. Uh, I'm reading reading all those uh, articles. At one point, I just stopped. I was like, I don't don't want to know all the bad stuff that could happen. Uh, I'll just stay calm. And as long as I don't move too much... And I don't try to overdo it. You know, I, I don't, I can still breathe. I feel pretty okay. Um, so I'm, I'm just not going to think about the, all the potential disaster that could happen. That's not going to serve anyone. And if, uh, if, if I feel that things are going wrong, you know, one phone call will get me to the hospital. So it's going to be fine. The only thing I, that bothered me was that I was unable to measure my um, oxygen saturation. This is a function that you can find on some of those smart watches, the more expensive ones. It works basically it's a little bit of a, it's a red light sensor and it uh, shines through your veins <clears throat> and then part of that light is reflected and I think it makes a calculation based on whatever to uh, calculate your the amount of oxygen in your blood the the smartwatch f- uh, versions are not the most scientific ones you also have the 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 um, devices that you get in the hospital where they put it on your finger it's like a clip they put on your finger uh, the difference with your with uh, smartwatches is that the clips they send red light through your finger and there is a sensor on the other side on the opposite side and apparently that is a much more precise way of measuring your blood oxygen the reason that that is uh, an interesting value to know is that the covid can lead to because it's attacking your lungs it can lead to uh, um, uh, a decrease in your blood oxygen and if you don't get enough oxygen uh, of course, your heart has to pump uh, the blood around faster. And I'd noticed that my, um, my heart rate had increased. It's still pretty high. Take a look at what my heart rate is now. Yeah, so right now it's 81. It's been between 80 and 90 for uh, the past two weeks. Now, that is still very safe. 
But it's a little bit much when you consider that as a runner, normally I have a heartbeat about uh, of about 39 or even less, 36 in rest. So now, even when I'm laying in bed, it's twice as high. So that could indicate that my oxygen levels are a little bit low. So um, <clears throat> the um, uh, blood oxygen can also be an indicator that the situation is is uh, getting worse quickly. Uh, usually, even before you start to notice shortness of breath, um, the uh, oxygen plummets underneath 90%. And that's when you actually should call a doctor or get to a hospital, because then it can get very dangerous very quickly. Uh, so I ordered one, one of these uh, clip devices, the other day. <laughs> I already regretted it. Like, I'm so used to the service that you get with Amazon um, and, and so, some of the other bigger companies in the Netherlands. So this one I just got from a local store or, well, it's a, an affiliate store. And on the site it said uh, it'll be there, you know, the next day, two days after opening of the store, it will be ready for you. <clears throat> but that wasn't the case. And even today, one, another day later, it's still not there. I'm like, come on. When you promise it, it'll be there the next day, <laughs> I suppose it is going to be there. So I called customer service and they're, well, we're just going to call the store. Uh, no, it's not there. You'll just have to wait. <laughs> Normally I would, I would be patient. I wouldn't care at all if this was just, uh, you know, something, uh, a luxury item or something that I ordered. But in this case, it's like, Come on, my health depends on it. I ne I need to know the oxygen saturation. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> the the entire experience for me has been uh, an, a, a prolonged exercise in patience. I know that there is not much I can do uh, to to speed up the process. This is just my, my, my body that will have to find a way to get a grip on, on this virus. And for some people, this happens after a couple of days. And actually, for the majority of people, this is a very mild process. I'm not in the severe category either, but uh, I've, I've been pretty sick. Um, Last year around this time, I had this infection, uh, and uh, because of this uh, kidney stone problem, uh, and that was also very scary. I'm just going to walk up the stairs. I need to keep walking. <laughs> uh, so, what was I saying? <laughs> you see, this is where I can tell that I'm not fit. Like the moment I have to do physical exercise, my brain <laughs> is pausing. Okay. What was I saying? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> oh, well. Uh, oh, yes, I had this infection back then. And, and uh, what, ended, what brought me to the emergency room was uh, this super high fever. And I was afraid if getting sepsis, blood poisoning, basically. So for uh, 
my current situation, I was like, okay, it's not as bad as last year. Uh, it's, a, of course, a very different uh, situation. It could still go haywire. It could still go wrong. So whatever happens, I, I just have to be prepared for everything. At the same time, you got to stay calm. And I got to stay positive because I also know how much your your own disposition, your own mindset, can actually impact your recovery in a, in a good way or in a bad way. So I wanted to really stay calm, not panic. Uh, I've had one night where I was really scared, and I don't know exactly why, but I, I really prayed a lot that night. It's like God, I, I I'm not ready. To die, <laughs> and uh, please give me some more time because I I want to die a saint. <laughs> you you should be okay with that, okay? So you got to give me some more time because I'm not there yet. Um, and probably even that prayer is a form of trying to calm myself and trying to tell myself that yeah, God is probably not uh, preparing me uh, a place yet. <laughs> Um, and now it's it's slowly getting better every day a little bit. I still um, I'm trying to take it as it is. So the reason that I'm recording this is that I felt reasonably okay. I'm recording this on a Sunday. Uh, they canceled all masses here in the church, which is a bit sad. My the pastor. Is currently in Poland. Uh, his mother is uh, in her last weeks or months. We don't know. Um, so there's only one other assistant priest. And, of course, we've got 15 churches. And since there are uh, some more people that got infected with COVID-19 here in the village, they decided to uh, you know, be safe and completely cancel Mass. This was also, of course, a church where we would do the uh, streaming the streaming of the masses so uh that's that's a pity for uh everyone else who is uh who would like to uh connect with the community digitally but well we couldn't couldn't make it happen it's all stuff that i have to let go it's like i wish i could fix it but i can't and it's not my responsibility right now so We'll just have to be patient and wait for better times. It's not the end of the world. <clears throat> I keep telling myself that no matter what happens, this too shall pass. And there hopefully will be a time soon that I'm much stronger. And I'll look back on this time with a certain amount of gratitude that I uh, made it through. And that's that's constantly what I keep telling myself. Like every little bit of strength that I can find and that I can use, like recording this for you, that is a, a moment where I'm glad I wasn't able to do this a couple of days ago. Um, and the fact that I'm not out of breath right now, I'm still feeling quite all right, uh, well, that's a win for me. I'm looking around here on the first floor of the rectory. It's a total mess. I really, there's no carpet here. This is a wooden floor full of splinters, so can't even walk here with my bare feet. Uh, they they started uh, redoing the toilet a couple of weeks ago, 
and uh, they never finished it because I got sick. Even one of the volunteers that uh, worked here got sick as well with COVID. It's not related to him helping out here, but still. Uh, so that was a, a complicating factor that I didn't have a toilet for the past two weeks. That means I had to have to go down downstairs. I'll just do it right now to show you every time I have to go to the toilet. Imagine this, two o'clock in the morning. Joy. After having listened for an hour to podcasts. I have to go through the door, unlock it here, and then put my mask on. Go to the left here, and then there's one toilet that I that's right here. This is the one that I'm using. But this is, of course, public toilet. I'm the only one who uses this one, of course, also to prevent any, anyone else from uh, getting infected. And then I have to, every time I go to the toilet, I have to disinfect it. So I have a bucket with uh, uh, soap and I have to wash everything that I've touched uh, because at least in the first week and a half, parishioners were still using these spaces every single day. During the day and the evenings, I've been a little bit uh, surprised that uh, apparently people felt safe enough to walk around here in the same building that has a COVID-19 patient. And so a couple of days ago, they decided to uh, close, close the entire building. Uh, out of uh, precaution. And I think that's a wise thing. Uh, feels a little bit, uh, I don't know, I feel a bit guilty for robbing the parish from, uh, from its, uh, from its uh, facilities. On the other hand, the, you, don't, I don't, you don't want to catch this virus. Believe me, it, it, everything you read about it just being like the flu... Uh, all the the stories you hear about uh, the, the conspiracy theories and uh, people trying to uh, diminish the gravity of what this virus does. You know, I've not been uh, on intensive care, um, but after these two weeks, you don't want to wish this on anyone. This is really, really, really bad stuff. And uh, I never want to catch this virus a second time. So if I do recover in the week, in this upcoming week, and something tells me that I'm on the mend. It's, it's, it's just, I just have this feeling that from now on, I think every day will be better. Um, but if I get through this, I will do everything I can to keep my distance, to wear a mask every everywhere I go to avoid any situation where people are not wearing masks, including church. So I'm, I'm not excluding um, that I'm, I'm just not going to mingle with parishioners anymore. Uh, not only because I don't want to get this a second time, and God knows what it can do then if you get it a second time, but I also really don't want to cause anyone to catch this virus. Um, 
and uh, the if there's one thing that shocked me really in the in the contact tracing uh, procedure was that they told us that we probably have been infected in church and not by someone that we knew not someone you know who had symptoms we've probably all been infected and we're talking about four people now um, there's some collateral damage as well. There's some more relatives of uh, <clears throat> of some of us that have also been infected. That probably is just a result of our infection. But um, our initial infection is probably because of an asymptomatic uh, carrier of the virus on a Sunday morning in church. So despite all the precautions... And all the measures that we've taken, it still was able, I was still able to get infected in church. Well, I wonder if I want to take that risk anymore in the future. So I don't know uh, what this will mean, but I will do whatever I can to protect myself and to protect others from this virus. And if it means that I can only celebrate Mass at home, you know, without anyone present, so be it. I, I, I cannot put my life and the life of others in danger anymore after having suffered the consequences of, uh, of, this, of this virus. And if I get through this, and I've been extremely lucky, and I know that so many will not be this lucky and will not get through this uh, with, uh, with as much luck as I've had. Anyway, well, that's for later. <laughs> I hope I uh, I didn't bore you too much with this story. I just wanted to catch you up on uh, on what happened over the past fourteen days because it's been a long time since we talked. Um, I will keep you informed about the situation uh, via social media, and also for those of you that are supporting me on Patreon. Uh, if you uh, if you become a patron, then you have access to the Discord server, and of course, that's where I do daily updates on the situation um, because that community really, you know, just wants to wants to know what's going on. Thank you so much for uh, for listening. Stay safe, stay healthy. Don't worry too much about the future. This too is going to pass. Just keep your head straight. Keep your faith in God and pray for each other. Pray that we will soon be rid of this of this uh, virus and that God will keep us all in the palm of his hand. Uh, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys later. God bless.